Hey there, it's Leo. How was your Passover? I hope that despite all the hardship, you managed to find just a little bit of light and warmth in this magical holiday. I hope you had a chance to read the Haggadah with fresh eyes and find new meaning in this ancient story of ours. I hope you had a chance to hug your loved ones in person or over Zoom and to feel grateful for all that we still have, even or particularly in this difficult time. And I hope the rest of this holiday finds all of us, even if not yet free to leave our homes and wander in the wilderness, at least mindful of Pesach's perennial reminder that miracles happen when you least expect them. So while we couldn't come to you yesterday for another Kabbalah Shabbat because of the holiday, we wanted to give you just a little bit of unorthodox this evening, introduce you to a remarkable new novel that feels very much of the moment, and give you our traditional Jewish joke to end the week and welcome the new one on a cheerful note. Have a listen. It gives me great pleasure to welcome one of my favorite authors, Sharon Cameron. Hello. Hello. So um, I read your incredible new book, The Light in Hidden Places, uh, which my wife had the pleasure of editing. I don't want to give away too much of a plot. You'll tell us a little bit about it soon. Yes. But thought it really kind of brought to the fore this incredible story and, and this incredible protagonist that we haven't heard about. And then life, as it so often does, took this kind of additional turn and made <laughs> yes. the book even more relevant because the book is, in many ways, a book about people who are kind of secluded in a small, stressful place and have to deal with extraordinary times and circumstances around them. So tell us a little bit about this incredible novel. The Light in Hidden Places, based on a true story, um, it's a story of two sisters, Stefania and Helena Podgorska. And this is a story that I had become aware of a long time ago, back in the 1990s, when I was watching oral histories that had been done by the U.S. Holocaust Museum. Just just for fun, to pass the time. Yeah, yes, as, as one does, <laughs> which would be me. That is, I've spent a lot of time doing that. And so I listened to this story that Stefania Podgorska was telling about her life, and I was just riveted. I, I couldn't move off my couch while she was telling about her life. And basically, she was a 16-year-old Polish Catholic girl alone in a German-occupied country during the war. She had sole charge of her six-year-old sister, no family, no parents. They were destitute on their own when, in the middle of the night, there came a knock on the door. And on the other side of the door was a young Jewish man, Max Diamant, who had just jumped from a moving train taking him to a death camp. And he was broken and bloody, and he said, please hide me. And Stefania and Helena opened the door. And eventually they opened that door 12 more times until they had 13 Jews hidden in a space behind a false wall in their attic. And then came the next knock on the door. And this time it was two SS officers who said, we are requisitioning your house for staff quarters for a new hospital that's being put in across the street and you have one hour to leave or be shot. And Stefania and Helena, who are 
16 years old and six years old, chose not to leave. And when the officers came back in exactly one hour, they said, well, actually, maybe it's great that you didn't leave because I think we've, we've housed almost all of our staff. So we'll just take one room and you can stay too. So the Nazis moved in. So now these two girls have 13 Jews in a hidden space in an attic and four Nazis sleeping in the bedroom directly below them. And I'm sitting there on my couch listening to her tell this story. And it is one of the most amazing stories of resourcefulness, resilience, heroism, and humanity that I had ever, ever heard. And I never forgot it. I didn't forget it for 23 years until I became a writer and and looked for her and found her. And that's the next part of the story. But, um, But it was just such an incredible journey for me to follow that journey that they took. Um, It was really life-changing. So as a writer, there are a million questions I want to ask you, but won't because I don't want to spoil the incredible plot and the incredible ending, uh, endings, twists. I mean, this is really some some serious Hollywood material here, but but I want to know about your approach to this book. So when you first started kind of really diving into it, to get into this mindset, to get into this period, to get into this atmospherics that are so wrought with claustrophobia and tension and anxiety and fear, how do you how do you get into these characters' heads? How did you go ahead and try to kind of work your way into into the voice of telling the story? Well, I was really lucky um, in that when I when I looked for Stefania Pedgorska, who I found was her son. Ed Brzezminski. And um, Ed shared with me his mother's unpublished memoir. So I had an incredible window into Stefania's mind. Um, But then Ed and I also decided to go to Poland together to research his mom's life. So during that trip to Poland, we were able to interview children who had been trapped in that attic with the Nazis right below them, we were able to interview Helena, the little sister. And they gave me such an incredible um, view into what life was like for those people, what it was like to be a child and to be in such a small space. The attic was not large enough for 13 people. Um, You could not actually stand up in the space. She described it, they were lying like sardines stacked next to each other. If one person needed to turn over, they all had to turn over and they had to sit and lay there in absolute silence. There could be, there was no cough, no snore, sneeze, sigh, no noise of any kind because everything could be heard through that floor. For how long? For, they were like that for nine months. And I think it honestly, if it had been much longer, they would not have been able to survive. But it was it was a horrific situation. She she told me what it was like to have to lie still while rats ran across your body, but you couldn't move, you couldn't make any noise. And you know, it just it takes my shelter in place that I'm doing right now in my comfortable home with my family with everything I need and puts it in really, really good perspective. Right. Those of us who complain that their Manhattan apartments are just too small for kids could really <laughs> use a, 
a little <laughs> refresher here. Again, without spoiling the magnificence of the story, can you tell us a little bit about how it ends? Yeah, I, th- I think I think I can um, because I really think this with this story, there, there's a. There's quite a few people that know about Stefania. So with this story, it's really all about the how. How did they do it? And I think that is the amazing part. I I think the incredible end of Stefania's story that it's okay to share is that she married one of the men she saved. Um, She married Max, who jumped off the train and knocked at her door. And so it was their son um, that I worked with to write the book. And so it it was really... um, such a gift of trust that he gave me um, for both his parents' stories, you know, to take both of these and stories and put them into fiction when it was so personal, you know, to him and his family. I will never get over being grateful for the trust he placed in me with that. Shan Cameron, the book is so beautiful. And again, if you're looking for a novel... That is both a tremendously fascinating uh, untold story from the Holocaust and an incredible testament uh, to the strength of the human spirit of one 16-year-old girl who took the ultimate risk uh, for really humanity's sake. And also a novel that very much reads as deeply relevant in our time of uh, sheltering in place. I can't think of a better book. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. My name is Jeremy Dauber, and I'm the author of Jewish Comedy, A Serious History. Uh, I'm sure by this point in the holiday, many of you have consumed a great deal of Passover-related content, uh, and as a result, I wanted to go another way and tell a joke that has absolutely nothing to do with Passover at all. And the joke, the way I heard it first, was that it is about the president of the United States, Dwight Eisenhower, and he takes his first trip to Israel, and he meets, while he's there, the uh, first prime minister of Israel, David Ben-Gurion. And Ben-Gurion asks him, he says, I know you're a military man. And he says, you know, uh, I wonder whether you'd be interested in seeing the tomb of the unknown Jewish soldier. Uh, Eisenhower says, of course, I'd be very honored to do that. So Ben-Gurion agrees and they go over into uh, Har Herzl and they, and they see this grand tomb, you know, all granite. And it says on it, right carved into the uh, tombstone, Hyman Goldfarb Furrier. And Eisenhower, of course, is a little bit uh, confused because it's the tomb of the unknown Jewish soldier. And he says, uh, you know, I thought that was what this was, the tomb of the unknown Jewish soldier. And Ben-Gurion says, oh, I see what your your problem is. No, no, you see, as a soldier, he was unknown. But as a furrier, he was fantastic. And with that, I wish you all a very happy Passover. I hope you've enjoyed, and I hope the week ahead brings all of us good news. Shavua Tov, friends.